You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Hey, welcome to today's What the Dev podcast. As you heard, this is Dave Rubenstein. With me today is Derek Langone. He's president of Digital AI, uh, which is a uh, company that offers all kinds of software development tools and things that help businesses improve themselves. What we're going to be talking about today is a state of digital transformation survey that the company did, uh, surveying approximately 600 IT pros to get their sense of where they're at in a digital transformation and uh, talk about some of the findings. So first of all, Derek, thank you for being with us today. Appreciate it. Hey, Dave. Nice to talk with you. Yeah, always good. So uh, I just wanted to jump right in and talk about um, some of the findings. I know one of the things that you had highlighted when we had spoken earlier was uh, uh, getting a good sense that the level of commitment to digital transformations is high. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit. And and I know that another one of the things that came up was the fact that people are really kind of not sure how to get started with that with that journey. So maybe you can expound on that a little bit. Yeah, so a few items in that regard. So first and foremost, again, we surveyed 600 senior IT professionals to basically just get a gauge of where they felt they were relative to their digital transformation journey. Obviously, you know, that's a, a hot topic right now, given the pandemic and the fact that a lot of things that were uh, physically delivered in the past uh, have now had to be digitally delivered. So um, what came back as the sort of top statistic with regard to the digital transformation survey was, 95% of the respondents said that they are actively engaged in a digital transformation inside of their company. So we felt that commitment was a little higher than we expected, um, and we were happy to see that because obviously uh, companies are trying to use technology to streamline their businesses. So that highlight was nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but what came back in addition to that was the level of satisfaction uh, with regards to the progress that companies are making was less than 50%, so a big delta between the level of commitment and the level of satisfaction. And when we kind of peeled that onion back a little bit, what what seemed to come back was companies admitting we are falling well short of our desired expectations with regard to digital transformation and and its impact on our business to be able to influence business outcomes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... That was a big uh, that was a big disparity that that we recognized. Yeah, were you able to get any sense of of why they think they're falling short? Yeah, so the number one reason was you know they've invested a lot of uh, a lot of energy in tooling and in process and certainly in people, both in dollars and in resources. But what they almost unilaterally came back with uh, as the primary reason why they were falling short is lack of data and visibility into the process. Right, so they're they're moving faster in most cases, and they are able to deliver digital services at a higher velocity. However, they're not able to understand, you know, where they're inefficient in their systems. Um, they're making decisions on either entirely no information or just you know pieces of information that don't necessarily paint a very uh, complete picture. And again just lack of data and, and instrumentation in the process of building and delivering software through digital transformation seem to be the biggest reason why there's a tremendous shortfall between commitment and and uh, and, and meeting expectations. Interesting. 
Yeah. So uh, I know you had mentioned the pandemic earlier. And one of the things that we've certainly heard a lot in our reporting is that a lot of companies were kind of forced to make this uh, transformation much more rapidly than they thought they would need to, uh, you know, having to adapt to the new remote working and, and things of that nature. Uh, and and I think one of that one of the things that that has exposed in a lot of organizations is that they're uh, they have uh, many more security gaps uh, than they previously had, and and I know they're kind of wrestling with that. What did what is your uh, sense of that? Yeah, Dave, that was a hundred percent validated in our survey. We asked specific questions about that, and I think you're right. Most most organizations needed to almost overnight, you know, move from a, a physically delivered product or service to a digitally delivered. I mean, you know, a good example is you know nobody's walking into a bank branch when uh, when they're all closed for. For six months, right. so they they had to deliver you know mobile banking access and and customer portal uh, applications you know almost overnight. So what happened there was you needed to make a trade off between the speed of, of supporting your business and and covering all the checks and balances. So so what happened in most cases was uh, companies elected for speed so that they could service their customers, and a lot of the steps that were skipped were you know security and and QA and things like that. And, uh, and and exposing applications outside of your own firewalls for the first time gives you a much broader sort of landing plane for attack. So what we're finding now is, is companies are really struggling to catch up on the security side of things and make sure that they, they button up these applications that are now, you know, sort of running in the wild and delivering digital services. Mm-hmm. And uh and, and we're trying to help as an organization with, with how to close those gaps. Yeah. So organizations that are first looking to make this kind of a transformation now, what kind of advice do you uh, offer or what are you hearing from your customers, uh, you know, about the steps that they need to take to to achieve that, that type of uh, more digital uh, profile? Yeah. Well, well, first and foremost, I think it's to, to start with the end in mind, right? I mean, most of our clients and most of the survey um, respondents were, you know, large end user companies, banks, airlines, retailers, manufacturers, things like that. Mm-hmm. They're not born to be software companies. They're sort of, you know, I've coined this phrase, they're, they are reluctant software companies. Right. There's no way to run an airline now without writing an absolute ton of software. You right. can't go into a store and buy a piece of technology to, to, to manage an airline. So, so the fact that they've had to make such a heavy commitment to software, um, what we advise them is start with the end in mind. I mean, what you're, what you're investing um, energy and money in your software process for is to support your primary business. So you want to change business outcomes, improve business outcomes. So that's first and foremost, understand, you know, why you're making these investments. And then number two, what we found is, is primarily missing, again, is the ability to kind of bring processes and tools together into one, uh, you know, end-to-end flow that has certainly automation, but really more so just connection and all the sort of plumbing is done for you to connect one product in the process to another, and then be able to collect data from all of those individual tools and then roll that data up in a way using, you know, in our case, an analytical lens to be able to make that data um, useful and digestible to drive better decision-making. And just like I said earlier, give you some instrumentation and some better information from which to make decisions. Right. So it sounds like, uh, you know, what you're saying, of course, is that this is uh, not something you just go into a store, buy a tool, and and you can be digital, right? It it involves uh, cultural changes. It involves uh, really a close examination of your processes, 
and 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 the people end, and of course uh, the tools also. So tell me about uh, digital AI uh, and and your stack of of applications and how you guys help organizations kind of address that that change. Yeah, sure. So so we do a couple of things. One is we we essentially create a a value stream platform, if you will, right? So that that your IT investments and your business projects are aligned and there's full visibility from start to finish, right? From the planning phase, right out through the uh, the deployment phase where you bring a piece of technology out to production. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to create this, this catwalk over the existing systems, tools, and process and people, right? So something that does not disrupt or displace what, what's already running, but more so complements that and gives you some scalability, and gives you end-to-end functionality, collects data, and, and again, allows you to make some decisions based on that data. And the the five pieces that we have put together are on the front-end agile planning and then complete end-to-end release orchestration, very, very deep and detailed application security, iterative both mobile and web testing, and then lastly, an analytical uh, layer that sits on top of that entire process to be able to collect the, that data again and then transfer that data into usable information. Mm-hmm. So so if, uh, if you think about it, all of the processes and tools that were being used yesterday remain in place. You use them the same way, but we create this sort of automated pipeline on top of that that has some really discrete functionality, um, basically tailor-made for large enterprises that have a tremendous amount of IT variability compliance requirements and just, you know, infinite scalability requirements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that, that whole notion of, of the value stream that I think the key part of that uh, we've uh, done some surveys in the past. And of course we run a, a conference on that topic. I know you guys have an event coming up as well, that the big benefit that people said that they were getting from that is visibility. Uh, which, uh, you know, as you found out in your study, that that was one of the biggest problems that people had is they couldn't really get a handle on, you know, get an in-depth look at what their processes are, how it works, how their product is flowing through the through the system and things like that. I was going to say, I'm just going to agree with you, Dave. You're absolutely right. I think that, that was the, that's the primary output of our platform is that we are able to give you data and visibility that you didn't have before. And the analogy I would draw is it's very difficult to build a house without a set of blueprints. So we really feel like we are giving you that set of blueprints from your software lifecycle orchestration efforts. And the output of that is a is a very, very tightly aligned value stream between business and IT, which again is designed to give you better business outcomes, higher levels of service to your customers and, and ultimately better results for your company. Right. I think one of the things that people aren't understanding about value stream is that it's not one stream. Organizations will have many value streams, right? They'll have a a production uh, for their product value stream. They'll have a business value stream. uh, And they all kind of come together in in one high-level view for the executives who can see exactly everything that's going on. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Dave. There are there are certainly different types of value streams, you know, hundreds in a, in a large organization, and some of those intersect, and some of those are are you know run in parallel uh, with from one another. But but you're absolutely right. I think the goal in, in in each of those scenarios is that you're trying to to get a full picture of how to make better decisions, right? And I think that you know that's the business that as an organization, digital.ai is trying to be in to fill that gap 
inside of these companies to give them ultimately this visibility and instrumentation um, from which they can just make better decisions about their business, about their personnel, and certainly about how to service their customers. Right. You know, I've I've said this before on, on a bunch of other podcasts and webinars, but it, it, it's still so true that uh, looking at the people side of it, you, you know, it's funny, you, you talk to a lot of people in the industry and they're like, well, it's about your process and, it, and it's about uh, tooling and all these things. And then they go, oh, yeah, and it just kind of requires a little thing called a, a culture shift. You know, as if you snap your fingers and your organization is on board. That's probably the most difficult part, I would think. Most of these companies go into this thinking that tooling is the answer entirely, and, and it's not. It's really a, a combination of, of certainly perhaps investing in new tooling, but also that cultural shift is important. I mean, people are the most important part of the equation, and, and, and having people, you know, change their, their process and, and in some cases, you know, obviously learn some new things, that's a, a fundamental part of a, of a positive digital transformation effort is yeah. aligning the people you know, a new refined process, and then ideally some tooling that can support the job at hand. Right. I mean, uh, I, I certainly know that firsthand. I used to work for many years in uh, general circulation daily newspapers, and, you know, many of them are now going mostly digital. It's very rare, in fact, to find companies that are still publishing a print uh, a print uh, issue, which, by the way, SD Times still is doing. But uh, shameless plug. I think you're right. In, in terms of that's a great example where the, the, the physical press has now been uh, replaced by the digital press. And, and obviously the delivery mechanism is different. You know, the velocity at which you need to provide information is different. And I think that we see the same thing with, with our customers, you know, trying to adjust to this new reality. Uh, you know, whether you're an airline and your, your mobile applications for how people check in and modify their flights or you're a, a bank and, and, you know, 80% of the services that you're delivering right now are done through your mobile applications and your and your website. There's not a lot of foot traffic right now in, in bank branches. So I think that, you know, this is a phenomenon that's here to stay. And I, and I think, you know, it's, a, it's a, you know, a cliche, but it's the new normal. And I think that people are going to just have to build on this start uh, because this is, this is the type of service and the way of service that customers now expect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Derek, it looks like we're uh, just about out of time here, but I just want to thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Really appreciate you having us, uh, joining us today. Well, Dave, I enjoyed it. Thank you very much for the invitation. Absolutely. No problem. Thanks, Derek. Okay. And to uh, all our listeners, thanks again. This is Dave Rubenstein from SD Times. Until next time, so long.